What's going on, guys? This is Aaron. This is Learning Life, and I am out here learning life with Kevin Carrier. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm actually out in Cabo, Mexico right now and just dodged a tropical storm, so it didn't rain here too bad. Oh, wow. I was about to say, I'm so jealous, but yeah, I heard a storm, storm was coming to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely down here in hurricane season. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but how is it, how, other than hurricanes, though, how is it, is it nice and warm right now, or is it? Oh, it is hot every day, honestly. Um, I'm, I mean, I was born in Corpus Christi, so... I've been in the South. I've been in hot places and I'd say it's similar to Texas, mm -hmm. a little bit hot, a little bit muggy sometimes, but truthfully the experience is where it's at because there's so many friendly people here and like the atmosphere is just a lot of good people. Um, my sister has been down here for a year, so more or less I came to see her, see what's up, see what she had going on. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to I've never been to Mexico, but it's definitely a place I will eventually visit. So but yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, this is actually my first time out of the States and she pushed me a little bit to get out here. So I was like, all right, time to step out of that comfort zone and uh do a little stuff. Cause I got a yeah. passport, so I'm like I might as well use it. <laughs> that's exciting, man. That's awesome. Lots so. of fun. But uh for the listeners and myself, uh let, let's start out with what's your story? Where have you been? Um, give us a little bit of your childhood, uh, a little bit of the highlights growing up and where you are now today. Yeah, totally. Uh, so my name is Kevin Carrier. I am based out of New Jersey in the United States. Um, currently, right now, my, my day job is a software engineer and um, outside of work, I am a comedian, so I do stand-up. I'm part of two improv troops. I co-produce an international open mic on Zoom called Gin and Tonic. I also co-host a uh, comedy international comedy podcast called Hangover Comedy Podcast. So pretty busy with all the, the comedian stuff outside of work. Um, my childhood... Uh, my my parents were were really great. They, they were always involved. Like I guess you would say that the typical helicopter parents, right? So involved, <laughs> so so involved in my life. Maybe a little bit too involved. Uh, I was a very shy, quiet kid. I was the quietest kid in school from kindergarten through high school. So super shy, super quiet, super reserved uh, until I went to college though where i kind of made a few friends that kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone so yeah and now i'm going really out of my comfort zone now with stand up because it's like um the biggest the biggest fear that the number one fear for human beings is, is public speaking and then if you take stand up is basically public speaking with this additional pressure of making people laugh and constantly getting judged on stage by yourself definitely a <laughs> major challenge i can relate very much to all of that honestly because i was very much the same i was the quiet kid in school i kind of kept to myself dealt with my own little nerdy quirks and stuff um mm -hmm. more or less 
like being alone. I mean, I like groups of people and stuff as well, but kind of kept to myself. And yeah, public speaking was never a strong suit for me, yep. which is wild. I decided to create a podcast. So <laughs> I've learned a lot from that. I've learned um, to just go with it and listen to my voice and just play around and have fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, recording your voice, there's nothing like if you want to build your confidence as a public speaker or as just a conversationalist in general, record your voice. Because most people have never recorded their voice ever and they don't really know what their voice sounds like. I mean, exactly. they probably did it like on an answering machine, but never like a a conversation, though. Right. Not so, actual like dialogue, something going on or whatever. Yeah, like I don't know how long you've been doing the podcast so far, but I mean, when I look back now, uh, with my podcast, I'm I'm about to release episode 23 this Friday. If I go back to episodes one, two, three, it's like it's so different. I mean, my podcast voice has now gotten better, and just even just through having conversations, just because of the fact that like, I had to hear myself and I'm editing myself, I'm like oh my gosh, like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like it sounds so cringe. So it's like. I I've gotten better just even just having just normal conversations, but also in the podcast, just, just because having to record myself having normal conversations. So, yeah. Yeah. Me personally, Joe Rogan has been an inspiration just like podcasting wise and mm -hmm. conversationalists. Like I am striving to be better at speaking and I haven't done this long at all. Like I literally just started this, um, maybe a few months ago and I've been playing around. I started out and just like did a few little bullshit episodes just to see what I wanted. I trashed most of those just, just to play around and see what I sounded like, see what I wanted to do. And I really actually took the time to think about what I wanted the podcast to be. And then just like took the time to understand where I wanted to go. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Because a lot of times it's just like you you just have to get started. It's never gonna be perfect at the beginning. It's gonna be it's gonna be cringe. It's gonna be something where it's like you're gonna test things out and you're gonna improve and you're gonna get better. So like those early episodes, I think there's too many people when they wanna make a podcast or when they wanna make a YouTube channel or they wanna do something creative, they want it to be perfect from the very start. And I think if you look at a lot of these other uh podcasts that are famous or uh youtubers that are famous if you go back to their very first video or first episode it's completely different sounding from where they are now oh yes so much um pat flynn is somebody that i look up to as well and he's done stuff in the pokemon scene he's done stuff in mm -hmm. the pot and podcasting and he's got all kinds of stuff going on but one of the things that stuck with me hard was basically what you just said. Just like stick with it, uh, keep trying, make those mistakes and learn from those mistakes really is his main message. And it's funny because I listened to uh, the last episode that I did, um, which is coming out this Friday. Mm -hmm. And I realized how many times I say like, uh, I yep. realized how many I say like certain stuff and I'm like, oh man, all right, I, I need to be more conscious of that. I can't just be like, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean, yeah. Like, like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Like, so, I mean, I'm yeah. learning and that's, that's what life's all about. That's why I called this podcast learning life so that we can all learn from each other. We can learn from our mistakes and we, and we have a place where us crazy little peoples just want to hang out and talk about stuff, talk about life. Yeah, I I love it. I have the same I I have the same problem too, where I said like and uhs. So <laughs> even even just recording myself, I was like, yeah, like I've gotten better. I just said like right now. So you see, but it's like I've gotten better. I've gotten better at it. Right, but right. It's a hard habit. Is there any comics or stand-up artists or comedians, anything like that that you really, really look up to or anybody oh, that you word. admire a lot like i'm of sure word. there's a few that you admire and everything but like is there someone that stands out like i'd say just give me like a top three for you yeah 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 so uh my favorite is aziz ansari that's my that's my Ooh. favorite stand-up comedian um i love especially his older style he's now changed his style in this past two episodes um two uh specials since the whole uh scandal that broke out in 2019 right but uh before that i mean the the silly goofy kind of style i just i i fell in love with that with, with, with his early specials where he was just really quirky and nerdy and because like he talked about like a lot about like technology and stuff like that like i'm also like a software engineer. oh yeah he, that's he was just, like a nerd right right and i just i could even even with like um my early stuff very much sounds like it's not, it still kind of sound like an disease but like when you start off with stand-up you kind of resemble especially early on who your favorite comics are and then as you start writing more as you start performing more you'll kind of get a flow and an idea of what kind of comics or what kind of what, what kind of punchlines or what kind of delivery is yours specifically I mean, and that takes years some comics it takes them like seven years to kind of get a voice so i'm still trying to build that but uh, as I'm performing and as I'm writing, I'm kind of like, okay, this is something that's, that's more like my style, where I think really early on, it would probably feel like Aziz was saying some of the material, though, even though I was saying it. <laughs> uh, so that's, the first, that's, that's number one. Number two would be um, Craig Ferguson. So oh. funny. Oh, yeah. I, I used to watch Craig Ferguson a lot. Yeah, I love I love his late night show. I love that. Yeah, the late, late night. <laughs> I love that. It's so weird and quirky, and it, it could never be done today because I feel like there'd be too many like business people that'd be just. I'm surprised he got away with it on CBS when he was when he was doing it because like, I mean, yeah, that's like that's not like a network TV. It was just like it was just like a whole shithole. But I guess like it's because like um I. I guess I know. Oh yeah, yeah, you can say you say whatever right. the fuck you want. No yeah. language. Yeah. <laughs> um. um but yeah, like it was like a it's like a whole shithole basically, and I think that's like um, uh, CBS. I think it's like oh, it's like maybe it's just late night people. They didn't really care it's like after Letterman, but it's like, I mean, it's just it's so it was so funny and so so weird and so quirky. So I, I love him for that. Awesome. And then um, number three is kind of like a three way tie uh, between John Mulaney, Mark Norman, and Taylor Tomlinson at the moment. So. Yeah, that's badass. You actually named uh, a bunch that I like, um, uh -huh. but I'd say my top three are and probably will be for a long time. Mm. 
Tom Segura, mm -hmm. um, Brett Chrysler, mm -hmm. and uh, Ron White was a big one, actually. Ron uh -huh. White was one of the bigger ones because he got me into like watching stand up and stuff because that was when he did what's it blue collar comedy tour yeah, yeah yeah and that was the moment i was like yep all right love it love, <laughs> love stand up i am watching this shit like I'm, I'm finding people that like do this and somebody like similar to this and i was like he's cool he's he's just in and out of Texas, he's doing some wild shit. He's drinking, cussing, <laughs> funny as hell. But so yeah. funny. He's underrated too. I don't think a lot of people even know who Ron White is, but he's no, that's funny. funny. Yeah, it's so underrated. I've seen him a couple times and be like, "Yeah, I was walking in such and such area, and nobody had any idea." <laughs> kind of like he felt some relief from that, just because he wasn't getting bombarded from people. But in the same sense, it's like, really, you don't. You don't know Ron White? All right. Well, I kind of thought everyone did, but... But honestly, that's probably the most ideal, right? Is that you're a professional comic. You're getting paid uh, good money to do stand-up, right, all over the world. But you're not getting bombarded or recognized by, like, TMZ and, uh, you know, people are annoying you all the time. So I think, I think it's probably the best outcome probably possible. Yeah, for sure. Be a lot of fun. I'm sure it's a lot of stress. Um. I watch and listen to all of their podcasts and stuff. Joe Rogan, Tom's, mm. Brett's, or Bert's. <laughs> Sorry, Brett. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I listen to all those. I love those. I mean, that that's very much my style of humor. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, I listen to all that. I mean, with Joe, it's like, I mean, it's so long, so it has to be somebody who I feel like is very, I'm very interested in. So it depends yeah. on the best for me. <clears throat> I, I am selective on the Joe Rogan, but Tom and Bird, I'm just like, I don't know what it is. They just, I guess it's like the genuine friendship <laughs> that they have. And just like they are kind of like Shaq and Kobe and like, I don't even know. They're, they're just a great duo because um, they've said before themselves, they're like kind of polar opposites. Yeah. And that's so interesting. Cause like, I feel like with me and uh, my co-host, cause I have a, po a podcast with um with my, uh, a comedy podcast with a co-host, we're completely different people. Like I'm more introverted. He's more extroverted. I'm a little bit more on the softer side, he's more like loud um and i think it's just like that really makes our podcast a lot better because when people come on they're getting uh it's kind of like a yin and yang kind of like so the things that i yeah. have he like like the thing that i don't have he has and the thing that he doesn't have i kind of support so it's like i think it, it does make for our podcast because i know that i've talked to different people where it's like they prefer doing solo they some people like doing it with a co-host there's good and bad to vote, but I think one of the benefits is like that we're so different and that it balances and it makes it a more complete experience in our case. I think that's a really great thing in all relationships in general, just because mm -hmm. you do highlight each other in different ways. Absolutely. And I think it does make 
the interest of the thing is like um i like to talk to people who do have differing opinions or if i can learn something like uh like i, I don't like where where especially with, with like um with podcasts that there's multiple hosts where they almost are like the same person and it's almost like the same brain they almost have the same mindset like, yeah, I, that's like no I, I like a disagreement i like a tug and i like a tug of war <laughs> you know like Hey, this is how I feel. This is how I feel. A little bit of a debate, but then they're they're able to um, respect each other's opinions. Right. So. I get that very much. Is there a club or anything recently that you've been to that you enjoyed a lot, or is there anywhere that you are trying to go? Or are you trying to stay in your area for a little bit and kind of feel out the scene, or you would you like to travel some other places and check out the comedy scene? Yeah, so uh, I work remotely, so I can I could definitely um, travel to different places. I I just had a um, so I, I'm near Philly, so I'm like 30 minutes outside Philly. So Helium Comedy Club is really cool. I I performed there a couple times. Um, I just performed at a club in uh, North Jersey on Saturday, which is really really nice. I would say probably. Um, the best show I've had as far as like completeness, as far as like the room was like engaged and they were just laughing at my jokes. So I felt like that was a really, really good set. Um, and there was a couple of, um, headliners on that show too, which was really good. And they, the, um, it's, so the place is called a comedy cove in, in, in North Jersey, Springfield, New Jersey. Um, that's a really good room. And also the, the headliners that were on the show, really like my set and that that to me i think means a lot because like to me if you have people in the game that's been in the comedy game for like 20 plus years and they're and they're like yeah that's like a nice set hey here's my card you know that's that's all i think you could ever want i think as a stand-up comedian especially early on yeah so uh but 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 to your travel point i'm actually going to um seattle next month and i'm gonna be i have some uh seattle um comic friends in seattle and i'm gonna be staying there for a month and so i'll be checking out that scene no shit i'll be in uh vancouver here in mm, less than a week oh really how long are you staying uh for a while i'm actually trying to figure out some stuff uh i want to move down towards eugene but (laughs) Uh, I've got some stuff going on in Vancouver, so going to see how that goes and see what happens there, but may go to Oregon, may go up towards Seattle, not 100% sure yet. Cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do uh, a weekend in Vancouver, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about the podcast. So Nice. Um, yeah. Cool. That's funny that we're on... Well, we'll be on opposite sides and then you're coming over to my side. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've never really, um, so the only time I've been, well, I was in Arizona for a week uh, in February and I've been to Vegas, but I haven't really done a lot on the West Coast. So um, it's going to be uh, definitely interesting for sure. Yeah, I've been just about everywhere state-wise except for the east coast i haven't been out towards jersey or anywhere around there Mm -hmm. and i've been like all central up and down from michigan to texas and over and there's a lot of cool stuff there's a lot of cool places i mean granted there's beauty and there's awesome things everywhere so you just got to look for it and find it 
Absolutely. And, and that's another thing. The one I'm trying to hit up. Um, so I'm really into hiking as well. So I'm trying to hit up all the national parks. So while I'm in Seattle, I'm going to definitely hit up the three national parks that are in that area. I'm trying to check everything off. So because I'm, I'm really into hiking and uh, like this country is so big to just the United States in general. Like sometimes like if you're just on the East Coast, you don't really realize how big it is until like you start going to like middle america and like you know like wow it's like so different um it's almost like different countries to be honest in the same, in the same country. <laughs> yeah i was up in the alaska in juno <laughs> and flying around for a company and doing mm -hmm. wildlife tours and that was a whole other world in itself just like wow i, got, I have to fly from this place to this place to even like get there in a reasonable amount of time there's so much space to cover yeah dude that sounds incredible so wait how long were you in alaska i was there for about seven months uh did a whale watching season uh, my sister had worked at this company before and i decided yeah i'm just gonna give it a shot something mm -hmm. cool as shit that i could go do literally go watch whales and get paid i was like yeah. uh, are you fucking kidding me I, i'm a photographer so i get to go take pictures get paid drive this boat around with some people and have fun granted it rains a lot but i get to do all of that be around glaciers like literally i could walk to a dispensary from where i was i could yeah. walk to the glaciers from where i was and everything else was downtown which you could hop on the bus and be there in like 15 20 minutes so wow. it was so much fun that sounds incredible man what's like um uh have you always been into whales or is this something where it's like you just thought oh, this is a cool cool thing let me, let me wildlife in general okay uh, i i love wildlife i love hiking as well um more or less i'd say birds are I, I'm I'm a fucking bird nerd. I love you're bird. you're and a I, bird watcher, man. Come on, you're starting early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be one of those old fuckers feeding the pigeons in the park. You're gonna be the expert hey. bird nerd when you're older. Like, I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> no, but there's some really cool birds. Like I discovered this one the other day, and it's like a crazy dragon-looking bird. What? And it it's in Southeast Asia. It looks like it has a dragon head. And it's a bird. It it's so cool. It's like the oh, night jar. The what is it? Fuck, I can't remember now. It great horned night jar. Okay, I'll, you'll I'll have you'll have to check it out. It, it's I'll, I'll check wild. it out. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's one reason why I like birds so much because there's so many different species and like mm -hmm. my favorite bird in general is uh, the peregrine falcon. And mm -hmm. I got down here. And I shit you not, walk to the no. beach, look up with my camera. I was no. like, no fucking way. What? Boom, right over my head. It's sunset. I'm taking pictures, having a blast, drinking mezcal on the beach, chilling. I'm like, <laughs> dude, that's my favorite bird. Like, yeah. Dude, that's not a sign, bro. That's amazing. Wow. I mean, wow. That's fucking awesome, man. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah, mine has to be the eagle because like I'm a I'm a Philly guy, so like. Oh, like, you like eagles? Go up to Alaska, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, because like that's, that's, oh yeah, that's my team. 
I got to represent. So, yeah, I'm actually <laughs> going to watch them tonight after. So, it's Monday Night Football. So, I'm not a huge football fan, but I fucking I love the Eagles uniform, those colors. Yep. Love that green. Love green. Love purple. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> purple playing the Vikings, though. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. So, what are some of your struggles that you've had? Like, in general, just life struggles, and what are some struggles that you've had dealing with uh, doing stand-up and stuff? Yeah. Um, so I think with me, one of the big struggles is meeting new people because uh, whether it be through, like, friendships or relationships, I'm somebody where it's, like, a slow burn, and I'm always trying to, like – feel somebody out so to me it takes time for me to get comfortable and I think today um we live in like such a fast-paced world I think for friends it's it's easier because you can have that friendship build over time but something like with with dating it's just like when you go on that first date and if it's not there's no spark then you might you might not get a second date so oh, it's like sure, it's, yeah. it's something where it's like it's it's like you got to move at a certain speed and like i think that that's been a struggle definitely for me in the in the in the dating department cuz like um i i also feel like the thing is because i am more introverted a lot of and a lot of the women, I don't know why, but they seem just very extroverted. I don't know if they, I don't because I guess like sometimes it works introverted, extroverted, but like sometimes it's like I think some people just want their energies to match, and it's just like it's hard to find that person at least at the moment. Yeah, it's been a struggle for me for a while. I mean, I, I've had a few good loves in my life. I had mm-hmm. a awesome high school sweetheart who's married now and i i still love her and happy for her she's about to have a kid and shit like that that's that's awesome uh but yeah recently i agree wholeheartedly that it it's very fast-paced and coming here is like not only seeing the relationship change like if you were to go out and date here it it seems a lot slower paced and everything else seems slower paced but yeah dating girls in the states was not good i mean either get ghosted and just like ignored and which sucks or go on a date and i shit you not i swear some of them were just dates so that they could get food right and then not hit me up (laughs) exactly i know i i I get it i get it man it happens, but I think also in your case too, it's like, uh, I mean, I guess Cabo is it very is a touristy area or is there a lot of locals in the area? Uh, where I'm at is kind of a mix of both. So okay. there's, there, yeah, there's a lot of English speaking. There's a lot of tourists, but I mean, I'm half Mexican anyway, uh-huh. so I understand the point of view of the Mexican side. So, mm-hmm. and on top of that, I grew up literally. It was me my sister and my mom mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it like I, I grew up around women my most yeah. of my family's women so like I think that has a little bit to play into it on both sides because I understand 
where the girls and everyone are coming from. And I understand like the shit that some of them have been through. And mm -hmm. I, I understand that aspect, but also I think is a bit of a negative because I am not like the super, super duper masculine guy. Mm -hmm. And I have a little bit of the feminine side to me. So I, I don't know. I, I think that comes into play as well. And sometimes it shows through. So then they're like, oh, he's not a man's man. I don't want this mm -hmm. dude shit. He, he can't. Mm -hmm. da, da, da. Whatever. I don't even know what goes on in their head because I don't know what goes on. My head has. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. It, it, it's i don't know a double-edged sword sometimes of course yeah i relate to that so much because i feel like you know not being like the masculine man man i think that like even though um i, I, well, I was gonna say in your case though because you're in mexico um i feel like when you move to a different country or whatever i think i think your options might open up a little bit more like how many americans are and because you know it, it's like something it's, it's like oh this is like something different though right like maybe let me this person's very interesting because people like interesting people right so right. like if if you were to move to like i don't know japan right now you stick out now you're an interesting person right because now it's like there's not that many you know mexican people in japan right so i don't know there might there might be something to having a different upbringing and talking to somebody who is living a different, completely different life. Or I think maybe in the States, maybe, you know, you're meeting people that aren't, that are too similar to you. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So the stand up question too, right? So um, when it comes to struggles with stand up. Uh, definitely in the beginning, a lot of it is just having, the courage just to even go up there i mean i my, my first time i went up there i completely bombed i got no laughs no laughs mm. at all no laughs it was just crickets and my, <laughs> my mom and my brother were there and they didn't even give me a pity laugh so it's like oh that sucks <laughs> it sucks it sucks so like i mean you know and that was like the longest five minutes of my life though. i mean it's like five minutes of silence could be forever so it's yeah. like it's in those beginning stages it's like it's tough because you don't have material but you have to keep um working through it and then like you know it it just builds over time like then you get a minute and you get two minutes and you do this so um where i'm at now i've been doing it for a year and a half the the thing that i do now is like if, if i'm at an open mic i i'm not gonna care about the result because the thing is at these open mics most of the times it's just comics and with comics, they're number one, they've heard every joke in the book, and so they're gonna have a higher threshold of what they did. Um, also, a lot of they won't laugh, I don't know why they just, they just they just don't laugh. So, like, I mean, they'll they'll write funny jokes, but they just won't laugh. So, it's tough because, like, a lot of times a joke may bomb at an open mic, but when you take that to like a show, it like kills because it's with the regular audience, and depending on if you have an older audience, certain jokes are better. If it's a younger audience, certain jokes are better. Like, I feel like my sweet spot is like, um, uh, it's either women and then it's a 
men over 35 i don't know why it just seems seems like that i don't know men men under 35 i don't know why it's just like they just they just don't laugh at my joke and that's fine so it's like um and and that's and that's okay but you everyone has like a different kind of style right like uh because i think that maybe you know certain ones are darker some are more political some are more like edgy some are more hey like uh self-deprecating or nerdy or quirky and so everyone has their own sense of humor and the biggest thing i think when you go to those open mics is that you can't really care about the result because if it does work at an open mic for sure it's going to work on a show like that that's the guarantee right or at least mm -hmm. most of the time is guaranteed unless it's like really some some really really dark shit that like really just comedians are just gonna laugh at because we like we like dark stuff but that won't translate totally well to an audience but most of the time it will so that's kind of the way you have to kind of think about it and then kind of the feel other, out the crowd sometimes yeah you gotta feel the crowd you gotta feel the crowd and um i've gotten a little bit better at doing crowd work um i'm not a really a crowd worker i'm very i'm very much because i'm a software engineer but i'm very technical so i like working out material and trying to find the right wording and trying to find the right facial expressions to kind of get the joke to be the right way and i'll I, and i'll on joke i'll try it 40 different ways and maybe i'll add a line here and i'll remove a line or add a word because like even just adding a word or removing a word changes the whole joke or even just changing the order of the jokes. So it does, I think, matter because especially when you, you're you going in front of an audience that, that doesn't know who you are. So especially at the very beginning, you have to, in that first minute, you have to get, and they have to get an idea of who you are or they have to be able to kind of trust you, right? Because if they don't like you in that first minute, then that, then the rest of the set is not going to work as well. Yeah, so, I yeah see there's that. a lot of psychology that goes, that goes into it because, again, you, you, people are just going to make judgment calls based on the way you look, the way you sound. You know, that's why a lot of times if you're a comic, you should probably do some of the obvious stuff up top. Like if you look like a celebrity, like I have a friend who looks like um, Ed Sheeran. He's like an overweight insurance so that he starts off with a joke like that. Like, you know, <laughs> so that's that, that, because it's the obvious thing, right? He looks like Ed Sheeran and he's kind of a little overweight. So they, they, he got, starts with that. And that's an easy joke that people can recognize literally yeah. as soon as he hits, hits the stage though. So there's um, this guy I saw the other day. I, I don't know his name. I just saw like a random clip. It was on uh -huh. Instagram uh -huh. and it, it's this bigger dude. Mm -hmm. He's got, kind of his hair going bye-bye and uh -huh. he looks like ron jeremy so yep. he, he yep. makes some jokes about looking like ron jeremy he's like yeah i might be a little bit fatter than that it's like but i am the real ron jeremy or some shit and i was yeah. like man that's wild yeah <laughs> i love that you like that it is very important to pull that stuff out because it is so obvious so just like why hide the obvious bring the obvious out there if you get some laughs on it you do if you don't you don't but of course of course and i think the biggest thing with um comics is like um we i mean i like when people will make fun of me at this point right because now to me that's now material or like i like asking people who don't even know me i guess like when when uh you know when when I talk to you know crowd after shows and stuff like that, because I want to hear 
what did they think of me or what, what, what jokes did they find that were funny? Right. And a lot of times I'll get like that, you know, the good guy, nerdy, quirky. Right. And that kind of, <laughs> now, that, that now kind of, okay. These are people who didn't know who I was. The only interaction they saw with me on stage for like five minutes or 10 minutes. And that I think now, as you start getting more people that are going to give you that feedback who aren't just your friends and family that you brought, you start to now kind of, are going to think of me and not only that like that's probably how they think about you in real life as well because people are making uh first impressions and assumptions about you though whether we're saying them out loud or we're keeping them to ourselves we are all making assumptions yes so much so people judge each other all the time i know yeah. it you know it. we all know it so uh -huh. i mean it, it happens and I try not to be too critical because I don't know people and I don't want to judge somebody too harshly if that's not really who they are. So right. I give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, oh, that was, that was a little raunchy. I don't know if you, you should have said some shit like that. Yeah. But then later on, I realized that they were just joking around and that's not actually their point of view. So if I were to go off of what I thought beforehand, I would think this person's an asshole and then... I didn't give them the time to show me that they're really not an asshole. They're a great person. And they actually really care about what they were talking about. Exactly. And that's why it's so important. I think at the top, some comics, they make that mistake. Cause this is the thing. I think you get like certain different types of people who do stand up for different reasons. And there are people who will do stand up just so they can say the most craziest, vulgar shit imaginable though i mean and and with those people right you know again there is this idea where you have to have people like you first so if you're gonna start off like in that first minute where you're gonna come up with some you know jokes about death or racial humor or a political joke right i mean like then it's 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 a lot easier to get them on your side in the beginning and then kind of lose them and then get them back than like lose them at the beginning and then like try to win them back at the end because it's like a that's the way we are with people anyway, too. Like in mean, that right. first impression, going back to even just the whole dating thing, right? That first impression is the first, is the most important thing, right? Because like if you, if you don't nail it in the first, some people say they'll make a judgment call in the first two minutes. Of I was going to say the first 10, 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. You, you give me 30 seconds with someone. I mean, I, I always want to get to know them better, but you give me 30 seconds and I can almost tell you what type of person they are, what they're mm -hmm. all about. And like, it, I've always been very good at picking up on nonverbal stuff and everything like that deals with that. So not even having to say anything, I can look at you and just the way you presented yourself, the way you shook my hand, if you took the time to actually hear what I said or said my name, repeated my yeah. name back, and just so many little things mm -hmm. that tell you who someone is within that first, yeah, a few minutes of just meeting someone. Of course, completely agree. And a lot of like what you just said are observations. And that, that's really what a comic is really doing. They're just observing the world or they're observing their own <laughs> yeah. life or they're observing themselves. Like, that's why, like, if you're a comic, you should be well, any type of like, uh, as someone says uh, an observation about you, or you should be asking your friends and your family, Hey, what did you, what, what do you think of me? Right. Or when, 
you are, you know, in those shows when you talk to uh, audiences, keep in mind, you know, what are they saying? What are those jokes that they relate to? What are those first impressions that people have? Uh, and even just looking at the crowd and facial expressions, like it, it, it all matters. It, it all matters. So you had a, a joke. Uh, was it Comedy Cove? Yeah. Yeah. I was watching that. <laughs> and, oh, man. I, <laughs> I thought it was a little bit cheesy, but I thought it was hilarious. Um, your Ghostbusters joke. Oh, I see. See, yeah, that's a that's a cheesy joke that I love. Like, see, the thing is, like, I love. Yeah, yeah. I love to it. me, I I love um, like wordplay and dad jokes and stuff like that. And that always really plays well. I think, you know, with with like a, with the crowd, with the audience, right? But you know, I do that joke and it open mic. Dude, it it gets crickets, man. You get you get <laughs> so many comics, though, man. So I think that that goes to the point of like, listen. There's certain jokes where it's like, okay, it's cheesy, but to me, like, I love that. I love words and wordplay and pun kind of humor. So I bring that on the stage, though. Um, but I think from a from a comics perspective, you know, I, I think a comic is like, you know, like um, think of a comic, I guess, as like a indie rock band, right? And they want that like really like good written you know bit and if it's not like good if it just seems like too cheesy or if it seems too like uh like you know then they're probably not gonna laugh so like they they, they they want that good like raw written stuff and you know i i do i do have really good like worked on stuff too but i do like those quick jokes as well and i think that's the thing that um to think about because one mistake I made in the beginning was I was like, okay, I'm going to be a story comic, right? Cause Aziz is a story comic. I'm going to be a story comic. He has, he has stories. So I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do stories. Right. Um, and the problem is when I was doing it, the punchline might've been two or three minutes later. So when you're, if it's a two or three minute setup, understand that the audience is sitting there and waiting to laugh. And so if there's nothing in the premise that's really funny, if it's all build up and you, you have this punchline, it's not going to get be as strong. So what I've realized, I forgot who told me this though, but like even the story comics have a bunch of one-liner jokes mixed into their story to the end. So the thing is though, you have to have laugh, 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 and then big laugh at the end of the story, whatever. Right. So you want to be able to keep that pace because there's this, unspoken kind of rule that you need to get like five laughs per minute um as a comic because you want to keep the audience's attention you don't want them to get bored yeah you don't want them to start talking at the table or whatever and right hassling you or hassling whatever whoever's around absolutely absolutely and attention is 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 key right even um one of the headliners when i was at the comedy cove on saturday it really spoke to me he said that you know kevin you were heard and i think just just that statement right there i think is just like that that means a lot number one because that that headliner went for 20 minutes and completely dominated the crowd for from beginning to end um and the fact that like he said i was heard and like because that's at the end of the day if if people can come back and say i like this one specific joke or like it's not like oh that comedian was funny or they were okay but if they can remember 
something away from them though after that like they, they can associate a bit or a joke with you that's something where they'll go and they'll tell other people about it like oh kevin he has this one joke about ghostbusters whatever right you gotta go see it whatever so it's, it's almost like that like if you want other people to to talk about you or market i guess for you, you create right? your you own little you. fandom you have to you have to like so yeah and the thing is like there are comics where they were I, there's been plenty of time for like that comic was funny but like i forgot i forgot what they were talking I don't, I don't i can't remember one joke that they said like i i don't know what they were talking about i mean they were funny but like i can't remember one specific joke that they said and so i when i'm writing jokes i try to think about that and i try to have jokes that people remember and i'll mark it down if someone comes up to me that they really like that specific joke i'll be okay cool then that will be in my set even if it's even if i don't think it's like oh it's the best joke whatever i'm like well listen someone went out of their way to say they really like the joke i mean i i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it in my joke i'm gonna keep that in mind so yeah me personally i like uh storytelling jokes i like kind of I don't know what they would be called kind of like reoccurring jokes, like mm -hmm. have a theme of something and like you bring it up a couple times. Like a callback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that kind of gets attention for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I, I believe that is, I don't know, something that a lot of comics kind of start out with and play with, and then they kind of get their own style of how they want to do it exactly exactly yeah you definitely as you start doing it you start to figure out what that style is i think the more self-aware and critical you are um the better because there are certain comics where they do the same jokes and it kind of hits okay but they think that that they killed it better than in their mind better than how the joke actually landed though i guess and i guess like for me i always try to think about that's why i always try to record my sets or like trying to write down like okay what so it worked better this time why did it work better or it didn't work as well this time why not and was it the crowd was it my facial expression was tired i don't know because again it it all does matter how you do it and there's certain comics that will have different different ways of of, of of working right like um if you take kevin hart kevin hart never writes anything down he just does bullet points which is good because like it'll come off natural and improvised but the difference is like he's never gonna it's gonna be slightly different maybe every time he does it so there may be a time where he does better and a certain time maybe he does it worse but I guess you could look at every recording, but he doesn't have word for word written down where if you have Jerry Seinfeld, I have his book. It's every single bit is written down and he is very meticulous about his words. I'm sure rehearsed the fuck out of them as well. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And he still does jokes that he did from the seventies. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm a very kind of dry, dark, humor sometimes yeah. i, I kind of stick towards that i also like the the nerdy humor so kind of a mix of dry dark and nerdy dry dark and nerdy yeah that sounds like a band name <laughs> or like, <laughs> like a show like dry dark and hey, nerdy. you want to go check out the show tonight i'm gonna go see dry <laughs> dark and nerdy they're playing at the vogue 
Yeah, and I think to the point of like um with dark humor, I also like dark humor too if it's done. I always like it's gotta um, be done well. It's gotta be done well. There is um cleverness. I think that that's the idea that people have to Yes. There has to be some cleverness. You can't just the thing is though, like you can't just have a really fucked up premise and punchline if there's nothing that's like clever or witty about it it's just like i think that there is this idea where there's some comics where it's like okay i could just say whatever i want if i just add a curse word here if i could just add a really unexpected word here oh that that'll make the joke work like i think you the idea has to be good and i almost think that the premise is way more important than the punchline because the punchline a lot of times is very easy to come up with but whatever idea whatever premise you have that's so it takes a skill to be able to come up with an idea bring the audience along and then misdirect them in some way yes um i mean yeah i i couldn't come out on stage and be like oh yep hold on guys i'm getting a call oh it's my mom that that's fucked up she's dead (laughs) She can't be calling me like that. Jesus. You know what's you know what's so funny? It's like so I don't know if you've watched it, but like on YouTube there are um there are videos of like comedians that have bombed on stage, right? And it's like a secret thing. Like <laughs> I secretly <laughs> love it. I, I secretly love watching someone bomb on stage because it's like it's super entertaining. <laughs> there is one guy who who literally did the bit you're saying where he got like a pretend phone call and like it was his dad and like he was like, yeah, dad, I'm on stage. I'm doing stand-up, whatever. Like what? Like he's trying to have this like fake conversation with his dad. And it's like, it's just, it wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop watching it though. <laughs> uh, yeah. See shit. That's why you gotta keep doing it. You gotta keep fucking playing around because then you have stuff like that out there you have content like that and yeah you may have bombed but like some people like to go back and look at that and be like oh man listening to (laughs) some of my podcast episodes early on there yeah this dude can't shut up and stay he like 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 oh yeah for sure (laughs) like come on bro yeah, the thing too is like you don't have to uh you don't have to post um everything, but I think like yeah, I've I've bombed a lot. A lot of times it's like you always come up with an idea first and you're like in your head, like, oh, this is gonna be fucking funny. And then you do it and then you're like, shit, no one laughed at this joke. <laughs> so it's like a lot a lot of times the first time you say it, it's either gonna get like chuckles or it will get no laughs, and then you have to work at it, and then it's like okay. And so the, my process of working at it is either changing up the words or I have um, some comedy writing buddies that I'll work with. But like, hey, this is my idea. Here's my, here's my premise and my setup. And the good thing about that is that like everyone has different styles of comedy, right? So if someone has a much more uh, darker sense of humor and they can give me, hey, like you should do this as a punch. I'm like, ooh, okay. That, that's 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 thought about that so your brain works differently than i do so i mean so i'll I'll, then he's like yeah you can take it okay cool and then i'll do that because like i think now the big thing with now is like with stand-up a lot of comedians or it should be a lot of comedians it's like a community right and we should all be helping each other where we are like because the thing is you have to recognize that we're all different styles we all have different stories so i have 
no issue giving someone a, an, an additional tag or punchline, whether they want to use it or not. I don't really care. But um, I think back in like the eighties or seventies, people were like, you know, Hey, like, that's my, that's my, that's my joker. That's my bit. They, they, they wanted to very solo. Right. Or I think yeah. today a lot of people, we all want to help each other because we're all in that grind and we all, all understand where someone's coming from. We've been there. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I, I don't know who said it. I think it was uh, Whitney Cummings. I think she said to – I think she has a boyfriend or a husband, right? And she told him, like, like listen, you know, I, I love you and we can connect. But, like, it – and open, I have such a different connection with an open mic comic, right? Even somebody who I've never even met. Even somebody for the first time, right? Because as comics – no matter what level you're at, I think it's like we all have the same struggles and we all have this like, um, I don't know what it is. It's like a connection. It's like something where it's like we, I, I don't, I can go and I can go to some other place for like a day if I go to an open mic and then talk, start talking to a comic. And there's something where it's like we almost have like this, we're, we're almost like connected in some sort of way. And maybe it's just because we're just all, observers or all because like maybe there's just shit that we're all working through but there's just something about when comics are in the same room together though that there's like i don't know it's like a magic or something i don't know what it is but it's having those more intimate little sets yeah so, so you're able to connect a little bit more one-on-one -on -one because you have more of an intimate scene so that you aren't trying to crowdsource for it I don't know, thousand people. Mm -hmm. Instead of that, you're with a crowd of 25, 30, maybe. Yeah. And this is the thing, too. It's like those big name comics had to, they're still, the thing is, like, when, when someone comes up with new material, right? Like, a Joe, uh, let's say Joe Rogan, because Joe Rogan goes on, on, on tour too, right? When he comes up with new ideas, he still has to go through the same process that every single open mic comic has to do. Now, it might be slightly different go to any stage and say, hey, I could just do as much time as I want, right? You don't have to fight for time. You can, be like, you can just show up to a comedy club and say, hey, I want to do 20 minutes. They're going to give it to him because he's Joe Rogan, right? So yeah. he can do that. But he still has to work out new material from an ID and ideation phase. He still will bomb jokes and still has to work out those jokes. So what I think I don't think a lot of people understand when they when these comedy specials come out, they've done that joke at least a thousand times i mean that so like that, that that joke has now been written and talked about and they've memorized and they've worked it out so many different ways and they found the perfect way to write that joke one joke so an hour comedy special probably takes about three years to build so oh at least yeah at that, least it takes a lot of time <laughs> you're gonna have to map out what you want you're gonna have all kinds of ideas mm -hmm. As we were talking about earlier, you're going to try those ideas and be like, oh, that, that no nope, yeah. shit. And a lot of those ideas that maybe I, because what I'm starting to do is revisit some of the old ideas I came up with, because like you thought of an idea, right? But like maybe you just weren't as strong enough of a comic to come up with a punchline at that moment, or maybe something in the news has now happened since then that maybe can help that older joke. So oh. it's like, Going through, you thought of it. It's a premise. 
maybe it's not a well thought out premise or maybe the premise was really good but maybe you were just missing a sentence or two or maybe there was just like you know what i just wasn't a strong enough comic in my second month but now if i revisit that joke oh i know exactly how i can make this joke better because now i'm a much stronger comic and i have a, I have a much more defined voice right so. there was actually a podcast the other day that um I can't remember if it was two bears or not, but it was um, Bert talking to his agent and stuff, and they were literally having the conversation that we were having, and they were like, no, dude, you had this idea. We believe in you, mm-hmm. and since you had this idea, like, this, this idea is a good idea. Follow through. I can't remember what it was exactly. I think it was one of his specials that he was going to do. He's like, no, I, I, I've put that off for like a year because I, I wasn't ready. So, and it's great because his managers and everybody else were like, no, dude, you had the idea. If you had the idea, then it was a good idea because they obviously heard the idea. So they back him on his shit that they actually think is good. Like they're not going to steer him wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think it was great because they actually took the time to be like, Hey, you, you did have this idea. So run with it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing that I think a lot of comics probably sh- and more comics I think should be doing. Cause like, I don't think you can just try a joke once and then like kill it i mean unless you really don't care about it like there's jokes i don't really care about i'll just like try it and if it doesn't really matter i'm like okay i'll just never say that again in existence so um but uh there's certain jokes well okay i'll try it multiple different ways and i won't kill it maybe by like the 10th time it doesn't work then i'm like okay well then this joke is just not maybe maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> not to be. on the back burner <laughs> it's, like, just, it's been the 10th time like i've tried it in many different audiences like Okay, well, maybe I'll just I'll just scrap it, or maybe I'll just put it aside because like, uh, no one's feeling it. I like it, but no one else in the world likes it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but there are those ones that you got to put in the vault and hang, yeah. hang on to, and then pull back them back out, and you can try them out on your friends or something. You can try them out on your exactly. loved ones, your family, whatever. Just totally. see how it goes on with them, and mm-hmm. then if it is shit everywhere then you realize that it's not something that you should keep yeah. putting your time into you could just use those toilet papers <laughs> <laughs> right right i got something to wipe my ass with there, there you go <laughs> all right man um last question for you okay. do you have any advice for our listeners to just throw out there any kind of advice life advice advice with work advice with being a comedian what kind of what kind of advice do you want to throw out into the universe right now so i have i'll help i'll give you one life motto and one life advice so my life motto that i've lived by for years now is um what are people going to say at your funeral and that has really driven that not to get morbid, but that's 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 something that has really driven me in life. Cause it's like, you know, what are people gonna say at your funeral? Is like this idea where the I guess the better way to say that like, what is your legacy gonna be, right? So it's like I guess for me right now, it's like, you know, I'm one of the first people to graduate in my mom's family, um and from graduate from college. 
I, you know, was able to buy a house at 23, which is unheard of. I was able, you know, I'm, I'm doing stand-up, right, which is very few people in the world are actually doing to have the courage. And many people in my life have said, listen, I could never do that, Kevin, that you have such, you know, courage to go up there and do it because um, I could never do it, right? Um, and the fact that, like, I have a great, stable job. So I think it's like, and always trying to be a very um, – good, helpful person. So like, that's, that's the kind of thing where I, I, I always think about, okay, if this is my last day, what are, what is everybody else in my life going to say? And then are they going to be able to carry those stories down? So that's a, that's a motto I live by, but some life advice I would say is I think life needs to be more selfless. And I will, I will tie this to stand up because a lot of comedians they will do things like, hey, I'll book you on my podcast or, hey, I'll book you on my show with the expectation of getting something else back in return. I think more people need to do things where you should not expect anything back in return. So when I book someone on my podcast or when I help someone out with a show or give them a joke or whatever, I don't expect anything back in return. And what happens then is when an opportunity does come up, maybe I'm on top of mind, maybe I'm not. I'd rather do that than be someone who is desperate trying to ask someone for time, every single producer in New Jersey, hey, can I get on your show? 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 Because like to me, desperation just it, – it, it, it makes me want to barf. I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> Desperate people, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I just don't like desperation. And it just comes off really, I don't know. So to me, I think just being more selfless, do things for others, and it will come back two times fold. And people are going to want to help you if you're selfless and not expect anything back in return. On some Gary V type shit. <laughs> Love Gary V, by the way, but I mean, <laughs> I I could say that you and I are very similar. Um, I agree one hundred percent with all of that. That's a good reason why I wanted to start this podcast because I wanted a place for anybody, anybody like minded, anybody that wants to share their story. Just get on here and talk and be genuine and have a good time. Let people know, like we're all human. We're all out here trying to be part of something. We're all out here looking to be accepted. I mean, not by everyone, obviously, because everyone's not for everyone else. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you and I are very similar in a lot of aspects and yeah. It's very reassuring because then I can see, I mean, I know there are some out there, but I have the privilege of knowing that there really are other people out there that give a shit about one another and not doing it for the dollar. Of course. So I think what you're saying is you're going to try stand up, right? Is that, is that what you do? <laughs> I should, you know, I, I've been thinking about it a little bit. There's a whole bunch of 
uh, clubs, as you know, out towards where I'm going to be. I I heard that there's some really cool places out in Portland. So I may give an open mic a try. Give it one try, man. I think everyone at least should try at least one. I feel like, yeah. I I tried one time. You did? But this was, (sighs) shit. 12, 12 years ago okay okay i was in indy and there was uh open mic uh what was the club called crackers uh-huh. or something like that bombed fucking shit bombed like <laughs> and it, it's funny because we talked about it a little bit earlier like yeah. being on for five minutes yeah. seems like a long time especially if you're not doing that type of stuff yeah. and it was a 10 minute set and i was like what oh, am i gonna do for what? 10 minutes Ten minutes for, yeah, for oh my God, that's crazy wow they didn't have anybody else going on it was towards the end of the night somebody canceled and they're like we got 10 minutes da, 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 da. i was like ah, nah i've been drinking a little i've been smoking <laughs> a little Motherfuckers are looking. My friends are looking at me like, "Come on, bro! You, you know you want to do it. You got some funny shit." And I go yeah. up there and bomb, and I'm like, "Nah, not, not for me. Nope." Mm-mm. What did you talk about? What did you talk about? Do you remember anything? Just, I don't remember exactly. It was obviously like storytelling and stuff like that. So it was a few stories about. Uh, my family uh, a few stories about some situations and stuff that i had been through and just like stupid shit um i i had a little bit that i was talking about people thought was so stupid i got a lot of crazy looks um it was more or less i told this story about me my sister my cousins everybody hanging out at the lake house we're having a good time and my drunk ass decides i want to fart on the fire (laughs) and i get my ass cheeks all up on the flames burn myself a little bit and i end up pooping on the rocks around (laughs) the fucking fire pit and it was one of the most embarrassing things I had. And no one laughed at that? To date. And everyone just looked at me like, oh my God, this guy's oh. talking about poop on state. I was like, no one dude, poop is funny. <laughs> dying, dude. Weed, weed dick and fart jokes is funny. Like, what, what's wrong oh with you God. people? And I just, that was okay. the last joke that I told. And I looked around, I was like, nobody liked that. <laughs> So I can give you one of the the jokes I I did on my first time. I I still have my 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 first five minutes, which is so bad. Um, but one of the jokes I did was, uh, you know the show, uh, you know the the store BJ's, right? I do. My cousin is actually going to be a manager there. Okay. So I. <laughs> A stupid joke. I basically said, I was like, oh, I want them BJs. And I thought I was going to be getting blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was so bad. So stupid. But like, I was right, like, oh, yeah, BJs is blowjobs. Like, yeah, that's funny, right? I mean, no, no one's probably come up with this yet, right? Completely bombed. I'm like, I'm so embarrassed by that joke now. It's so bad. But like, <laughs> it was one of the first jokes I set on the my work on my uh my first open mic <laughs> i was talking to my cousin when she told me about getting that job and she hated me for this but i had to do it 
I mean, she tells me she's working at BJ's mm-hmm. and I'm like, Cassandra, you know, there's other professions where you can suck dick. Right? And she's like, I'm not sucking dick. It's a store. Like, why does everyone think I'm talking about sucking dicks? I'm like, well, because a lot of people are fucked up in the head. Yeah. And I'm one of them. So I have to make the joke. I'm sorry. I love you. (laughs) Listen, they got to change the name of the store. Okay. (laughs) Seriously. Name it Brian Johnson's or something. I don't know. Big Johnson. Big Johnson. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. All right, man. I appreciate you taking the time for the show. I'm going to wrap this up a little bit. Uh, This is your time. Or any plugs, anything that you want to announce that you have going on in life, uh, give you a few minutes. Cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. First off, man, really enjoyed it. Had a great time. So <clears throat> uh, you guys can follow me if you want to follow me on Instagram at the Kevin Carrier. Uh, you can follow me there. You can also follow. I do a. Uh, if you're into comedy, into international comedy, every other Sunday I do, I have an open mic called Gin and Tonic, which is an international open comedy on Zoom. So anybody can come in into the audience or if you want to do stand-up or improv, we alternate between stand-up and improv. So uh, if you've never tried stand-up or improv, you can also feel free to come by as well. I mean, we've had... Is that a jab at me? We've had people do it for the first time and... and, and they enjoy it. They have fun. So it's like, you know, uh, I've had, so uh, that's the thing too. It's like, I've now convinced uh, six people, including my dad to start stand up. So, and some of them still do it and some of them gave up on it. So, so, uh, Hey, there's certain people who are interested. It's a, it's a very uh, interesting thing. And also um, it's funny. Cause like, um, uh, Will Smith, before he slapped Chris Rock, um, uh, tried stand-up for, for the first time. And he said it was the most scariest thing he's ever done. And that includes all of his acting work and all of his rap career and shit like that. And bungee jumping. He said stand-up was way scarier than all of those things. So Wow. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Uh, the last thing I'll say is that I have my own podcast. It's called... The Hangover Comedy Podcast. I do it with a, a co-host from India named Shady. We basically interview comedians from all over the globe. We kind of are just doing some rants. And we're making jokes the whole time. And we are having some just really fun conversations. Uh, we, we do try to get into um, people's like uh, childhoods and upbringings and different cultures because I'm very interested in that. So we've had people from like Malaysia and Egypt and um, the UK, parts of the US. So we're really trying to, to like uh, reach every continent of the globe. And you know, I don't know how we're gonna reach Antarctica, but at some point we're gonna reach Antarctica. You never um, know. <laughs> um, maybe there's some like some some scientist that works in Antarctica that wants to that does stand up or wants to come on. I don't know. Anyway. But that, that so we 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 have people from all over the um, globe that have been on the podcast. So um, so yeah, if you're interested in comedy podcast, definitely go check that out. Well, uh, so that's uh, Hangover Comedy Podcast. We're on um, 
Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're trying to get to 100 subscribers. We're at 91. So if you can help with that, we need nine more subscribers to get to 100. I like small goals. So trying to get to there. And uh, we're also available on all the audio platforms like uh, Spotify, Anchor, um, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, everywhere. So yeah, those are that's it. All right, guys, this is Learning Life. I am Aaron. I am your host. It was a privilege to spend some time with this badass man. And maybe we'll have some episodes later on on his show, or maybe I'll have some more of him on my show. It would be a privilege to do that, and I would be honored to be on your show or anything you have going on. Yeah, absolutely, man. You got to come do do stand-up at Gin and Tonic. I'll have to think of some stuff. I'll come up with some material, and hopefully people want to laugh at my poo jokes. There you go. Hey, I'll laugh at it. So, <laughs> and I'll tell you this for sure. Like, uh, my my co-host has uh, a bunch of fart jokes. So, I mean, so <laughs> it can't be any worse than his jokes. So, yeah, there you go. So. All right, guys, this is Learning Life. Thanks for listening. This is Kevin Carrier, and I am Aaron Garcia. Get out there, live life, and make it a good one. Thank you.